We all have personal struggles that interfere with our happiness, confidence, or ability to reach our goals. For some of us, it can be so beneficial to discuss this with someone to help us through it. BetterHelp may be the right solution for you. With BetterHelp, you can connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. With over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, BetterHelp offers you a big selection of counselors to choose from. And it's not a problem if you aren't happy with the first counselor you pick, because whatever the reason may be, you can request a new one at any time without any additional charge. Start communicating in under 24 hours. Text, chat, phone, and or video, and schedule your session. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Sleep and Relax ASMR listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code ASMR. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com ASMR. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com ASMR. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, I am rambling about my vision of my dream utopia and what that would entail. Now, of course, let's be clear, this is for fun, so please don't email me later saying that I've missed some crucial points on on healthcare or transportation or the ability to, to teleport or, you know, it's for fun. I mean, if you want to have fun with it, let's have fun, but I'm setting the ground now so in that way I don't get an email later saying, you know, one inconsiderate uh, utopian dreamer I am. I'm just going to ramble. It's for fun. I'm coming up with stuff as I go along. So, so yeah, don't email me later saying that I missed some, some important, crucial points. Um, because I'm not perfect. Which perhaps means that my first criteria for my utopia would be to be errorless or unable to make mistakes. And I'd like to never make a mistake in my utopia. It's funny because, of course, utopia means an imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect but have you ever noticed how people only use utopia to symbolize a place in which everything is perfect when its second definition in imagined place or its first definition really in this example it's exactly that it's an imagined place but it used it's used to be synonymous with a perfect place of course utopia comes from the greek o meaning not, and topos, meaning place. So, utopia means not a place. In many cultures, societies, this part is from Wiki, just to set the ground. In many cultures, societies, and religions, there is some, there is some myth or memory of a distant past when humankind lived in a primitive and simple state, but at the same time, one of perfect happiness and fulfillment. So aside from the sad news that my utopia will not exist, because by the very virtue of indicating it is a utopia, it cannot, and therefore it will never exist. I feel like I'm back in uh, philosophy 101 in uh, college. <clears throat> Which was actually one of my favorite classes. And um, I took it, I think, my junior year I took it as an elective and uh, my professor I thought was 
fantastic. I forget his name, but he was he was a very stoic, bald gentleman, and um, I just I love the way that he would frame the 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 questions, and then he would sort of try to deconstruct them, and really smart guy. Anyway, let's chat about my utopia. So, what would my utopia look like? Aside from the obvious things, eternal happiness, no violence, love and affection, all of that good stuff. First one that really comes to my mind is ice cream on demand. You think it, you get it. There have been so many times that I'm in the office and I think to myself, you know what would be perfect to just enjoy for this brief moment of history, of time, a little bit of ice cream. Sometimes I crave ice cream in a cone. Sometimes I crave gelato on a hot summer day. Sometimes I crave one of those Starbucks creations that are basically ice cream coffee, right? Frappuccino, I think. The one thing I've noticed about Starbucks, Frappuccino, whatever they're called, they are incredibly savory and fulfilling while you're having them. You know, like on a hot day, you sip on them while you're walking with your shades on and everything it just you know feels good. But when you finish, you get this rush of sugar and just like gluttonous sensation overwhelm you. You need to, you know, like kind of take a seat and just process the sugar rush that you're experiencing. Um, but maybe that's just me and my infrequent experiences with these kinds of treats from Starbucks. But the two or three times that I'm thinking of, you know, really hot summer day. You know, you're with friends or a girlfriend or whatever. You know, oh, let's stop by Starbucks. Okay. You know, orders a Frappuccino. Okay, cool. Why don't we just share one? You know, because, you know, so we'll get a large. You know, so she'll have the first, like, half of it. She'll pass off the rest of it to me. And again, I'm like, man, this is delicious. I know it's not good for me, but it's it's unbelievably tasty and satisfying. And then you finish, and then you almost, almost get, like, lightheaded, you know, dizzy a little bit, <clears throat> you know, maybe I, I just can't handle my sugar very well, but that's been my experience so far with those kinds of things. My personal favorite ice cream is probably cookies and cream. Oddly enough, a close second may very well be pistachio. See, what I love about pistachio-flavored ice cream is that it gives you the best of both worlds. It's rich and distinct, but it's not heavy like other types of ice cream, particularly like chocolate. You know, and once again, this is my opinion. I may be alienating like 50% of you with this next statement, but I am a vanilla guy. Yes, I prefer vanilla. Please do not hurt me. Don't threaten me. Don't at me, but this is true. Chocolate desserts are tasty. I don't hate chocolate ice cream. But if given the option, I just prefer the taste of vanilla. I am, after all, a very vanilla guy in terms of taste and fashion choices. Um, and I've just noticed that people that love chocolate, when, when you have someone that likes vanilla ice cream and you tell them that you're a chocolate person, maybe it's just my group of friends and family, but... If you like vanilla and someone says that they like chocolate, the person that likes vanilla is always like, okay, 
I can understand. Yeah, it's a preferential thing. And then when you have someone that likes chocolate and they encounter someone who prefers vanilla, it's almost insulting to them. I've never... I'm curious to know if you guys have a similar experience. The person who likes chocolate is almost... They can't wrap their head around someone preferring something that's not chocolate. This happened with... Uh, this happens all the time with my sister. So I have a cousin that he does the same thing. You know, we'll bring it up as, as for fun. Like, we'll play this game with... We have little little baby cousins. You know, they're something like two and three or two and four. And, um... You know, they like to do this thing where they say that they're team chocolate. Because one of them prefers chocolate and the other one prefers vanilla. So one says team chocolate, one says team vanilla. And so they'll go around the room. And so, you know, sometimes we have different people around the house. Or even in public, they'll they'll just kind of like ask people, do you prefer? So we'll play that game. And then the people that like vanilla, the little one that likes chocolate, is always like, how? I don't get it. You know? And then the same thing, my sister's... Super offended by it. It's just a matter of taste. My next demand in my utopia. And this is, I think, one that we can all get behind. If I were a politician trying to get people to root for my idea of my utopia, I think this will be, or would be, a very good sticking point. My next demand in my utopia. All the bad stuff. The ice cream, the cookies... The M&M's, the soda, it's all the good stuff now. In my utopia, all the food items that we know are terrible for us, it's now the stuff we need to survive. So imagine, rather than eating kale and broccoli and lettuce and a little lemon wedge squirted on top of your water so that you burn a little more fat or whatever, imagine if eating a nice piece of cheesecake is it's not only delicious it's actually good for you imagine if now the 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 what's the saying the scales are flipped the tables have turned all that stuff that we don't like to eat that's the bad stuff that's the gluttonous stuff that's the stuff that makes you overweight you know gives you anxiety makes your blood pressure out of whack now it's like, you know, the cheesecake, the M&M's, the, the, the Twix, the, the hamburgers, the hot dogs, all that stuff, french fries. That's the stuff you need. So don't pass on the cheesecake because you worry about the calories or the sugar. In this version of reality, it's basically as good as a kale salad. Kale smoothie. Think about that. You know, just thinking about how bad and fattening some desserts are, it's just alarming. For example, a coworker of mine the other day, he brought in cheesecake, which is why I'm thinking about it. So anyway, this guy brings in cheesecake and he offers to split a teeny tiny, ever so small, basically two or three bite-sized mini piece of cheesecake. The other slice he already ate. So, you know, I celebrated, I took him up on his offer because who's going to say no to delicious cheesecake? I celebrated the deliciousness of the cheesecake with him and we were marveling at how amazing this chocolate raspberry cheesecake with a little bit of chocolate drizzle and 
caramel was. And then I decided to look at the nutrition facts. One serving, which is again quite literally two or three bites in total, turns out to be a whopping 350 calories and something like 40 or 50 grams of sugar. Just think about that. It would take you 18 years to eat 350 calories of steamed broccoli, but take a mouthful of cheesecake and you've hit your daily target for sugar. And it's just unbelievable. So again, in my utopia, that's actually the good stuff. The cheesecake is your daily nutrition. That's what you need to survive. That's what gives you all the good nutrients your body needs to grow and stay healthy and strong. Because look, I'll be the first to admit it, I don't like broccoli. It's kind of the worst of both worlds. Whereas pistachio ice cream is the best of both worlds, broccoli is the worst of both worlds. It's 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 good for you. Broccoli, understand that. So that's you know, but it's it's just a pain to eat. Even though my sister she's making broccoli pretty delicious recently, uh, whenever she comes over, she'll combine broccoli with corn, carrots, carrots and quinoa. And she'll use this teriyaki sauce to make this kind of teriyaki stir-fry that is pretty good, I've got to say. But if you notice, I mean, a lot of the things that are good for you, you basically need something else just to mask the blandness or the poor taste of them. So for me, it's kind of cheating, but you know, she's gotten me to eat you know, a little more broccoli now. I would say my third demand, my third criteria for my utopia, the ability to teleport. I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel to places. I've been fortunate enough to um, see places and, and enjoy them. But spending time in an airport, and I've touched on this on previous episodes, my disdain for airports and my disdain for flying um, you know, it turns me off to a lot of trips that, you know, I, I would have planned otherwise, you know, I've said it before, I'd love to go to Japan, but the idea of taking, you know, two or three flights to get to Japan and spending basically a day, a day and a half in total traveling from the time I wake up in my home to then actually landing and getting into my Airbnb or my hotel or whatever in Japan, you know, it deters me. So that's why in my utopia, you'd be able to teleport. You'd be able to basically, you know, you have airports. You basically be able to teleport into a little pod at the airport. They give you clearance. You teleport in there, a little pod, and you're there. Obviously, if you listen, if you're listening and you work in the airline industry, then you hate me right now because I've just eliminated your job. But, you know, that's utopia. You'd find something else that you love and, and you love it just as much. But, um, underrated, underrated criteria and that would just be so good to be able to see the world with just thinking about it you know you just 
go there. But you know, I'm just thinking about like where where I would want to teleport. You know, the first place would probably be Disneyland Japan. There's this couple on YouTube. Um, they're called um, Tim Tracker, I think. And I'm really not sure what they do. But they're basically always in Disney World or Disneyland or in a Disney cruise or something. And, uh, you know, aside from Japan being a place that I've wanted to go to for quite a while, Disneyland Japan is is uh, definitely a must-see place or must-visit place during that time there. And uh, just from seeing their videos of Disneyland Japan and what they ate and where they stayed and all that, it just kind of increases that demand. But think about how cool if you could teleport, you could just teleport in the park. Don't need a ticket. Everyone knows... You just find a little discreet place to teleport into and you're in. No need to wait in line. No need to pay for the ticket. I mean, I wouldn't actually condone that. You know, I wouldn't actually condone that. For me, it's, it's kind of like... I don't know. Like, people just take content and then they just use them. And, you know, I do believe that there is inherent value in content sometimes I'll you know I'll admit it you know hopefully the cops don't come for me I'll watch uh, a soccer match through an illegal stream did he just admit that yeah but it's because you know it's nowhere else to be found I really want to watch the game but part of me says you know I know it's kind of not not that not that these uh, broadcast companies are are hurting for money or the clubs are hurting for money but you know I do believe there is that inherent value you know it, it's like uh, streaming a movie and not paying for it you know if you have a, a membership on Netflix or a, sub a membership a subscription I'm talking about Netflix like it's the YMCA if you have a subscription for Netflix and you watch a movie well you know Netflix is the one that secured the rights for you but I don't know. I've always, I've always, um, I've always thought it's kind of wrong. But I get why people do it. I'm trying to think what what a fourth criteria would be for my utopia. Again, aside from all the, I'm trying to think of, of things that. I touched on instant ice cream. I touched on all the good stuff is what used to be the bad stuff. And I've touched upon instant teleportation. What would be a fourth criteria? Well, maybe a fourth criteria for me would be the ability to change the size and structure of your home by just thinking of it. 
my significant other, she's very big into design. It's actually the kind of work that she's getting into now, designing and all that. So part of my utopia is, let's say you want to live in a little bungalow today, but you want to live in a three-story tall mega mansion tomorrow. You just think it, or you sketch it, and it comes to life. And that'd be kind of cool, right? Because if you really think about homes, and I used to think about this, isn't it kind of boring, the idea that you come home to the same place? You know, let's say when you're growing up with your parents, you know, you spend your your life just going home to the same place. You see the same environment over and over again. I know that's how it works. But even as a kid, I used to think, well, it'd be almost kind of cool if we could change the way the house looks every so often just to kind of keep it unique and interesting. But obviously, being building materials and affixed to the earth and having the foundation and all that, you know, you couldn't do that. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to grow up in a French countryside home and then all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a log cabin and then all of a sudden you're in a, you know, beachside condo or, you know, it'd be kind of cool if you could manipulate and all that. Either way, I'm really rambling on about this. So those were some of my criteria for my utopia. I'd love to know what yours would look like. Again, please don't email me saying I missed some very important, very real things. This is all for fun. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can always reach the show. Hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. You can check out our website, sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.